They had $20, a green screen, and a dream. And this is what we got. <laughs> gosh we're on a tight sketch okay we are, we are um a little behind the scenes you know info some scoop we have recorded now it's been three episodes in two weeks by the time mm. we reach friday we'll have been four episodes in two weeks i love a 90 minute <laughs> movie what happened to all the 90 minute movies <laughs> yes we initially were actually going to do a different movie in this slot but it was a bit of a denser movie, one that yeah. I also hadn't seen before. I guess I haven't seen this movie either, but that one I was like, you know, it's going to take me a lot longer to take notes on this. We're on a quick turnaround. Let's do something a little more low presh. That's why we decided to do the 1999 classic yeah. Passport to Paris <laughs> Y'all, I had so many realizations watching this. Really? Because I, well, I grew up watching uh, the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. Like, Mm -hmm. it was always what I went for when we were at, like, Blockbuster or, like, our local video store. Mm -hmm. But I guess I just didn't realize, like, I personally do not find these girls relatable at all. (laughs) Like, I think they were so much cooler than I was at that age. They're very aspirational, you know? Totally. They're like so pretty, super smart, just like natural conversationalists, Mm -hmm. witty. Oh, yeah. Cracking jokes left and right. Uh, You know, getting to fly across the world. Fashionable. (laughs) If only. Yeah. Um, I've never seen this movie before. There's actually only a few Mary-Kate and Ashley movies that I actually have seen. Mm -hmm. And we've covered almost all of them at this point. The only ones that we haven't covered that I've seen are The Challenge. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there any other ones? Because I haven't seen I haven't seen Holiday in the Sun. I haven't seen Winning London. I haven't seen Our Lips Are Sealed or Getting There. Any of those? Have you seen Billboard Dad? No, I've seen Billboard Dad. I have a vague memory of seeing the Christmas one where they go to Grandma's house and they get like kidnapped. Whoa! But that's it, I think. Yeah, I was just so shocked to see them on screen. Yeah, because I I guess maybe I'm just used to like. Hillary Duff. Yeah. And her like, you know, quirkiness and she doesn't have it all figured out. Mm. But it felt like these girls were like <laughs> they have I all had it figured all out. figured out. <laughs> I actually have early admission to Stanford. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, because even with Lindsay Lohan, like who was a darling at that time. Yeah. I feel like she was more relatable. That's or at so least she true. had flaws. Yeah. <laughs> like, the the characters are so not dimensional. They're just like so perfect and in sync with each other. I mean, the one really? flaw I would say is that Ali doesn't know French, but then she know- learns it by the end of the movie. <laughs> the okay, the thing with this movie, there are absolutely no stakes whatsoever. Oh yeah, I kept thinking something was going to happen. <laughs> no, but the only the only real stakes, if you want to call them that, was that like they didn't have a relationship with their grandfather. Yeah. And that's and like they solved. To. <laughs> Jeremy was actually the main protagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. He was the only one who had like anything at risk, who was really doing anything. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> There's this movie is 
no plot, just vibes and just vibes. no stakes whatsoever. But everyone comes out on top. I liked the fashion. Yeah, we got lots of, uh, you know, crossbody backpacks. We have lots of butterfly clips. Ooh, lots of hang- um, handkerchiefs. What do they call it? Like bandanas. Yes, lots of bandanas. Mm-hmm. I did have a bit of a harder time telling them apart in this movie than I usually do because I can tell the Olsen twins apart pretty easily. But they don't really have different styles in this movie. It's, like, very slight. Like, Allie is a little bit more girly. Mm -hmm. And Mel is, like, a little bit more edgy. I don't even want to say edgy because she's so not. But they wear, like, identical outfits most of the time in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. So there is a point of contention where they're like, oh, are the boys going to be able to tell us apart? I'm like, ladies, you're looking and dressing the same. Give the man a break, okay? They are not perfect. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they they pass the test, but we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, it's quite the film, other than the Olsen twins. We also have um, Ethan Peck, who I did not realize was a child actor, but then I was like, oh, yeah, he is a nepotism baby because he is Gregory Peck's grandson, like super famous Wait, who is classic this? actor. Ethan Peck, he plays Michelle. Oh, okay. Like if you look at him up as an adult, you've definitely seen him in stuff. I did look up, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, Jean. Jean. Mm-hmm. Jean. Jean. Yeah. And I believe that he is related to Kurt Russell. Really? Because if you go to – the guy who plays Jean's like actual IMDb, like for his human self, there's pictures of him with him and they look extremely similar. And he's with like his two brothers and they all look alike. Oh yeah. <gasps> so they're both nepotism babies. I can only assume. Oh my gosh. But also if you want the realty, Brigitte, <laughs> it, the supermodel is married to a producer. Mm. Yeah. How did the Olsen twins get into acting? Do you know? They were just child. I think that they were just child actors like on Full House. That was their first thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, moral of the story is that nobody in this movie is French. Yeah, no one. Like literally almost nobody. There's one person that has a French name, the actor who plays Henri. But on his IMDb, it says he was born in England. So I'm like... London town. <laughs> London, baby. <laughs> so they're all just like, yes, we'll all speak English in a French accent. And nobody will know the difference. Everyone knew. <laughs> Everyone knew. No one's going to know. They're going to know. <laughs> they're going to know. Even Brigitte is Italian. Like, <laughs> What do you think is worse? The French accents in this movie or the Italian accents in the Lizzie McGuire movie? Mm. I think it's this movie. I think this movie's yeah. worse. There's also more of them. Yeah. So it becomes more poignant. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for oh sure. My gosh. Um, yeah, and I guess our last little fun fact for you is that this was the first of seven direct-to-video films starring the Olsen twins produced by Tapestry Films. You know, the beginning of an era, really. The beginning of movies with no stakes, Mm -hmm. played by two perfect blonde twins. (laughs) Who just get to travel the globe and, you know, meet cute boys and have adventures. Get to travel the globe, but are not allowed to film in anywhere of note. No. (laughs) They're not allowed to film indoors anywhere. (laughs) Nowhere, yeah. But, like, that they do in this movie is not great. Like, go to a soundstage. I just have so many questions. We'll talk about it as it goes on. 
<laughs> but before we do, shall we do a couple of reviews? Oh, yeah. Um, the first review that we have is for Aaron Burr, 1998. Um, we did a little Instagram stalking. Christina and I both went to NYU, yes. so we love a fellow Violet. Go Bobcats. Go, Yeah, go Bobcats. Um, so it was like maybe a musical theater vibe, and I hope you like Mamma Mia. We love Mamma Mia. Your song is from Mamma Mia. It is super trooper. <sighs> the zany, fun, just all-around good time bop. Um, so for this, I am picturing you... You're about to go to a parade, and this is, like, definitely inspired by your most recent Instagram post, but you're about to, like, go and hang out with your friends. Maybe you're all wearing costumes. Um, Maybe you're on a flow, actually, in this parade, and I can picture you kind of, like, getting ready. Maybe you're putting on, like, your wildest outfit. You're putting on makeup. And then you get together with all of your friends. You have t-shirt guns. You mm. have a huge float. Oh my gosh. And you're like sitting on a throne maybe. Who knows? It's just super fun. And then you have like a dance party with confetti at the end. Amazing. That sounds so fun. Next up, we have review for Lee B13. And uh, in your review, you did mention that you would love to hear us cover Easy A. And while we haven't covered it yet, if you want to hear us talk about it, we actually did a guest episode with Sleepover Cinema. So you Mm -hmm. can go check that out for, you know, just a little taste of our thoughts on Easy A. But I did run over to that soundtrack to pick your song. And I thought that I really had to go with the opening song of the film, which is Change of Seasons by Sweet Thing. And this montage, I think, takes place right at the beginning of, like, the real sweet spot of spring-summer weather where it's not too hot, but it's, like, not too cold. It's just right. And it's a Saturday. We see you, like, rushing around your home. You're getting ready. You're putting on your earrings. You know, you're doing your hair. You put on your outfit. You rush out the door. You hop in your car or on the train or on the bus or on a bike, whatever your mode of transportation is, and you're going to meet your friends for a little lunch. Maybe it's like some friends you haven't seen in a while, so you're super excited to catch up with them. You sit down at this restaurant that you really love. Everybody orders a little drink. You have a cheers and just get to enjoy this beautiful warm weather. Maybe you're sitting outside and uh, just have like a little drink and a little food with your friends. I love that. I want to do that. Yeah. The next review we have is from Kiddo. Love you. You are such Mm -hmm. a joy. Amazing rugs. Yes, amazing rugs. Oh, my goodness. Such a creative person, amazing artist. Guys, if you're looking to buy some rugs, definitely hit up Kiddo because their stuff is so cool. They're such a talented artist. If you're looking to buy an amazing rug from them, you can go to at wonderful wazard on tiktok and all the links are there yes um definitely check it out super super cute stuff even just give him a follow because the content is impeccable chef's kiss and because your vibes are so good actually christina picked this song it's distance by yabba yeah very vibey smooth something that 
Oh yeah, I actually make this into a montage because I feel like it's very much a song that you can take a warm bath to. Mm. Like, so maybe you're, yeah, you've got this song on, we see you um, light some candles in your bathroom, fill up the tub, maybe throw in some Epsom salts, Ooh. perhaps a colorful bath bomb. And I don't even know, I want to say like maybe you light some incense, whatever you're into, and just have a chill, like resetting, relaxing bath. Maybe you even bring a book in there or a tablet to read whatever novel you're on right now. And afterwards, you just get in the coziest, softest bathrobe that you have and you have a little glass of wine. Maybe you watch an episode of something. That sounds so good. I want to do that so bad right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm barely hanging on by a thread. It's rough out here. I'm struggling, but we're making it through. (laughs) And uh, last but not least, we have a wonderful review from Miranda GG7. And the montage song we have selected for you is About You Now by The Sugar Babes, or if you prefer, the cover by Miranda Cosgrove, you know, whatever floats your boat. And for this montage, I see that it is like date night with you and your, uh, you know, romantic interest. And you guys go and have a little dinner at like this really cool restaurant. Maybe it's like really vibrant and exciting. I want to say it's like tapas or something. That's like the vibe that I'm getting. And then afterwards, you're strolling down the street and the person that you're with is like, oh, stop, because you're at a flower shop. And they're like, I simply need to get this wonderful person a flower and they pick out like a beautiful like long stemmed rose for you and you have like a little stroll down the street and you're just feeling so like giddy and like you know butterflies in the stomach and maybe it's the end of the night you're about to say goodbye you stop under like a street lamp and you share your first kiss it's so beautiful yeah but yeah those are the reviews for this week if you would like a review just leave us a little five-star written review on whatever platform you'd like yeah just dm us if it's not apple podcasts so that we know and also just a side note if you got a response from us that we were going to send you a card and you haven't received it please reach out to us dm us and i will send you another one uh because i feel like they should have all been received by now just let me know And without further ado, let us sip our wine as we head into this film. Cheers. Oui, oui. (laughs) Oui, Les Français. So we open up. And right off the bat, we have a lovely little clip art style opening. We see a bunch of pictures of the Olsen twins we see like different pictures of like Paris and stuff. Ooh. And I did read a letterbox review that said <laughs> that it's astounding that this is the first movie ever made on PowerPoint. <laughs> which Devastating. Is really evident uh, by a lot of the insane clip art scenes that we get. I have a, a, a thought or two to <laughs> yeah. say later on. Yeah. But we go to Northwood Junior High We meet our main characters, Melanie, a.k.a. Mel, and Allison, a.k.a. Allie. Allie has a revolving nail polish holder in her locker. Yeah. The peak. And if you're not paying attention from the jump, you will never know who's who. 
you will never figure no, it out. You're done for. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the subtle hint that they give. It's like, oh, Allie's the girly one. Because Ashley always plays the girly one. Mary Kate mm-hmm. always plays the tomboy. It's just the way that it is. Mary Kate also gets more lines. Always, always. So the they kind of take us through all the subjects that they teach and not that they teach, they study in school. Uh, it's mostly like we see them talking to their friends. They're investigating split ends under the microscope. <laughs> all that good stuff. It's true. <laughs> Kelly has split ends. <laughs> And then we get to the most important subject, social studies. And Mel points Mm -hmm. out Shane and Kyle, the most popular boys in school. So when they sit down for lunch, they get joined by these two cheerleaders. And Mel and Allie are like, oh, my God, I wish the boys would ask us to the spring dance. We can't even get near them with these cheerleaders around. And Mel says, if you can't beat them – Messed with their heads. Whoa. The psychological warfare begins. So she starts loudly talking about a secret to get the cheerleader's attention. And once the girls are, you know, listening in, Mel talks about how five kids went home sick today after eating the cafeteria meatloaf. It had E. coli and F. coli and worms in it. Gross. Gross. And then Mel tosses, like, a candy worm onto the cheerleader's plate, and they start freaking out and run off. And then Shane and Kaya are like, <laughs> like, that was so cool. You guys are so funny. That gross-out candy was sick. And they're like, oh, thanks, boys. That's just a little about me. <laughs> so what happens next? Home. The girls are done with school. They drop out. No. I wish it was that juicy, though. The girls rush through their food stuff their pasta down their throats and they both just want to use the phone to call their friends. So their dad is like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 don't you have something else to do like homework? And the girls are like, no, we already did that. We did like science during math and then math during art and then social studies is a total S and C snooze and cruise. (laughs) And Allie's like, if we ran the world, there'd be no wars. What? I'm like, also no GDP. And yeah. you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> the confidence that they had. Honestly, at 13, though. <laughs> I want it now. Like, I'm still like, what's up? Yeah. To just be that blatantly confident, I'll never know. Yeah. I'll never know. But then we cut to the girls doing their chores, and they have these, like, headsets on. Britney style. Like, literal Britney mics. It is insane. They're just chatting on the phone. I assume it's, like, a four-way call with their friends or something. They're talking about boys and whatnot, and the mom is like, oh, man, our daughter's world is the size of a pinhead. And dad is like, no, a pinhead is bigger. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) But what more can we expect from them? They both get straight A's. Again, they're giving them too much. <laughs> they're giving them too much power. And it's not its not sitting right with me. There's nothing wrong, but they want more mm-hmm. for their daughters. <laughs> and so mom is like, you know, it's about more than straight A's. There's more to the world than the phone and the mall. And it's up to us to show them. The next day in social studies... The teacher is droning on about Napoleon Bonaparte and the 100 days where he like – I forget where he escaped from, but he like 
spent a hundred days like in hiding, I think from like the French government or something. And Shane takes this opportunity to send a note over to Melanie. The teacher steps on the note before it gets to her and opens it up. And he decides to read it to the class. He's like, Hey, Mel and Allie, like Shane and I, or what's the guy's name? Kyle. Shane and Kyle. That could be wrong. I just thought of the most generic white boy name I could think of, and it felt right. Yeah, Shane and (laughs) Kyle. They ask the girls to the dance. The teacher's like, and what do you have to say to this? Allie writes something down in her notebook, rips it out, hands it to the teacher. Definitely. (laughs) The audacity. The audacity. Just so bold. Um, I would not read that as a teacher. (laughs) Stop giving them power. No. Um, Also, to get this note passed to them, he, like, scrunches it on the ground. And, like, all the classmates just, like, kick it across the aisle to pass it to them. I'm like, how do they know where it's going? That's called a middle schooler's intuition. Mm, Yeah. You're right. You're right. (laughs) That evening, the girls are planning out their spring break with beach parties and pool parties and, of course, the spring fling. What school has a dance during vacation? That's what I was wondering, too. That shit doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So the dad knocks on the door. He gives the girls some presents. Ooh. What is it? They each get a box with a passport and a camera. And they're like, oh, my God, where are we going? And their mom is like, Paris. So <laughs> I love it when my mom just casually surprises me with a ticket mm-hmm. to Paris. I love it when I'm 13 years old and my parents are like, surprise, you're going by yourselves to Paris. I'm also like, number one, mm-hmm. they live in a mansion. Like we can see from yeah. outside the house that the house is huge. Mm-hmm. They get tickets to Paris. They have really cute clothes. Their room looks like shit. Like, they both have brown comforters. The set designer really sucked for this project. I can't even lie. Yeah, Who they was the set designer? You're done. You're, you'll never work in this town again. I wonder if it was a budget thing. I don't know. But even, like, their suite in Paris. Mm. I feel like that one is more believable in the, like, ambassador's house because at least it's big. That's true. It is spacious. But, yeah, the girls are super excited. And uh, when they find out that they're going next week during spring break, (gasps) Uh, they scream. Couldn't be any worse. It's a fun shot where they're like, ah, (laughs) and it's, like, inside of the throat. Uh, Classic. Next day in class, the girls are looking bummed. They have to tell Shane and Kyle that they won't be accompanying them to the spring fling. The guys are bummed for a millisecond. And then they ask Mm. Helene and Darlene, the cheerleaders, (laughs) to the dance instead. No loyalty. None. Game over. So that night, the twins are packing for their trip. And Allie tells Mel to just forget about them. They couldn't even tell them apart. And I'm like, neither can I. No one can. (laughs) Allie's like, I guess. But I thought that Shane might be my first real boyfriend. And she wonders what will happen if they don't get asked out again until they're 20. And I'm like, (laughs) it'll be fine. It'll be okay. And Mel is like, we'll just do what everyone else does. Blame their parents. I thought that line was actually quite funny. It was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um. Uh, So 
Barbara, their mom comes in and she's like, you know, how's packing going? And they show Allie's bag, which is literally just like nail polish, (laughs) CDs, like a hairbrush, some Mm -hmm. accessories. And I'm like, bro, what? Like all the essentials. You're supposed to be smart and you're 13. She's like packing her like beanie babies. Like, (laughs) sorry, no room for clothes right now. Yeah. But Barbara is like, uh, your grandfather is sending a car to pick you up at the airport. Mel is like, I can't believe we have to spend a whole week with grandpa because he's so strict. And they suggest just sending them to prison because it would be cheaper. (laughs) Like, you're talking to his daughter. The attitude. Like, your mom is your grandfather's daughter. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I know that grandpa's not great with you, but, like, try to understand. He is the ambassador of France. <laughs> sure. Just girly things. Yeah. Super cash. And he loves them very much. He just forgets to show it. Their mom apologizes that they're missing the dance, but reminds them that there will be other dances and i'm like you should have honestly already gone to france because your dad or your grandfather is the fucking ambassador like i feel like yeah he would have gone before that they haven't visited thus far yeah super weird Mm -hmm. so in the morning their mom walks them out to the car and barbara's like melanie uh do you have the passports ali do you have the tickets and they're like Mom, don't worry. We're 13. We're not kids anymore. The audacity. A classic, you know, um, Marnie from Halloween Town line. Yeah. It just goes to show that, like, white kids will have the audacity. Just when you think they don't. Yeah. They they definitely do. When I was, like, a kid, I did think, like, oh, when you're 13, like, you're so grown up. But then when I was 13, I still wouldn't, like, yeah, talk to my parents like that. I wouldn't be like, um, I'm a grown up. I'm 13. Were you in middle school or high school at 13? I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade, right? Yeah, I think that yeah. makes sense. You turned 14, like, at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. If you're born in May, which I was. If not, you would turn 14 and, yeah, at a different and time. Yeah, I am as well, <laughs> yeah. so... Yeah, you turn 14 right at the end of the school year. And I'm like, that makes sense to me. You're speaking the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my experience is universal, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Barbara tells Jack that she's worried, but Jack is like, are you talking about the girls? And he's like, she's like, no, I'm talking about Paris. Beware, citizens of Paris. Little do the citizens of Paris know they only have clean drinking water because of the Olsen <laughs> I gotta say, I really wasn't expecting the through line of, like, water quality. Yeah, what the fuck? Because, like, they mention it briefly at other points, but then I was like, oh, this is what's tying this whole movie together? <laughs> they talk about music more than they talk about water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we then get this fucking bonkers graphic of the plane like the flight path (laughs) across you know we got an intern to do like a video or um a graphic what do they call it animation oh my god yeah (laughs) it looks like 
clip art. It's so bad. And it goes on for so long. There's a voiceover. I thought the voiceovers were like a weird touch for the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really added that much to justify them being there. It was kind of no. more like repeating things that we already heard or ju- had just seen. But mm-hmm. yeah, we get this very long, like two minute interlude of this flight path and they finally make it to Paris. So we see a shot of them in the car, driving past all the famous sites. Uh, this type of montage is super common in many movies of the time, like in your your parent traps, your What a Girl Wants, your Lizzie McGuire movies, driving through the city as soon as you get there, that whole vibe. You have to. Yeah. The car finally rolls up to the ambassador's house, aka the embassy, I guess. Are they staying at the embassy? I think that they call it the embassy later on. And uh, they're greeted by Jeremy, the ambassador's assistant. He's like, hello, I'm Jeremy. Who is who? And she's like, that's Mal and I'm Allie for today. (laughs) Jeremy is not, he is not on board with the joking. He's here to do a job. He's very serious. Not about it. Today, as an adult, would you... Like, do you think you could see yourself dating Jeremy? Um, I thought that later on in the movie when he was, like, casual and not in a suit, he looked kind of cute. Yeah, I feel like when he's not grumpy like he is in the beginning of the movie, I mean, he kind of does have every right to be a little bit grumpy because these children are, like, sassing him and running out on him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, later on, like, when we see him with, like, Brigitte as well, he has a very, like, kind – and, like, warm disposition about him. So, yeah, I feel like I would date Jeremy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it's going with that. I just found him to be <laughs> handsome later on in the movie. Yeah. So, in the mansion, <laughs> and the girls walk in, they look around, I'm like, okay, sure, like, I would be excited too, but you do have a big house. Like, don't pretend. Yeah. So, Mal is like, wow, for a civil servant, grandpa's doing all right. I'm like, this is the embassy in France. Like, yeah, I don't know what to say. So mm-hmm. their grandpa walks down the stairs and welcomes them. He's like, it's been too long since I've seen you. And he stops Francois, the butler, to introduce him to Ali and Mel. And he just has an atrocious French accent. He's like, oh, bonjour. Like... <laughs> He's it's giving um I don't know one of the characters in Beauty and the Beast <laughs> like that level. Oh. <laughs> and so he also stops Henri, the chef in the embassy. He was holding a bag of baguettes, and like I just. And, like, you walk through the house with a bag of baguettes. It's this is, so heavy-handed. It's so, it, like, yeah. we are in France. En français, s'il vous plaît, mademoiselle. Like, it's so yeah. much. <laughs> Boulangerie. Um, La bibliothèque, mademoiselle. It's, like, <laughs> too much for me. And he's, like, these are my grandkids. Henri is, like, I have no hot dogs or peanut butter. <laughs> And then he excuses himself to check on his casserole. And Jeremy drags their bags in. Then Grandpa brings them 
up to another room. And then for some reason, they have this odd shot of Francois, like picking up both bags side by side, like a little robot, turning two steps, turning right two steps, and then like walking them up the stairs. It's because he pulls up the handles of the suitcases, drags them one step, and then pushes the handles back down before carrying them up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. I love the stylistic uh, moment. <laughs> yeah. Very postmodern. Oh, yes. Utilitarian, so- <laughs> if you will. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... The grandpa, grandpa, what's his name even? I don't even know. Edward. Edward. Grandpa Edward tells the girls that he's going to be too busy to take them around this week, but Jeremy will act as their tour guide. And Jeremy is like, oh, excuse me. (laughs) He's like, I have a PhD. Are you joking? He's like, I studied political science. What am I doing? And... Grandpa's like, yeah, I already got you a whole itinerary. Your visit is all planned out. And the twins are bummed. They have to slum it with Jeremy. But they're like, hey, at least we can torture him all week long. The mental warfare, why? Why is that your first instinct? Like, can't wait to torture this man. Yeah, they're a bit much for sure. I think that they're really – even though they – don't seem like outwardly mean. I think they're really spoiled. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then grandpa reminds them that while they're here, they're representing the American people. So he expects them to conduct themselves as ladies. So later on, Francois gives them a tour of the mansion and tells them that their room is upstairs. They run upstairs. It's like a huge room in this faux art deco style. (laughs) And there is a montage of the girls listening to CDs on the boombox. They're trying like a... I don't know. One of them draws a fake mustache on her finger or something. Oh, yeah. So she can mimic Henri. Yes. Yes. She's like, American cooking tastes like the caca poo-poo. And they jump on the bed. They listen to music. Like, it's a whole, like, sleepover vibe. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Grandpa Edward downstairs is, like, trying to stop, like, you know, a fucking nuclear bomb from going (laughs) off in France. And he just, like, hears them clomping on the bed. (laughs) So he, like, goes upstairs, turns off the music, and tells them that, their behavior is unacceptable. And he's like, dinner is at 1900 hours. I expect you to be on time and properly dressed for the occasion. Damn, okay. So the girls sit down for dinner with Grandpa and Jeremy. They are served escargot. And of course, once they find out that it's snails, they fling it out of their hands. And we have this really unnecessarily slimy shot of Francois with like the snails (laughs) just dripping down his head. Uh, They also get served foie gras, but they push it away. They also turn down frog legs and calf Mm -hmm. brains. So not a good first day food wise for them. Yeah. They're getting a culture shock. Mm -hmm. That night the girls can't sleep. They are starving. And as a grandpa, you would think, though, that you'd be like, oh, you know, are you, if you're not going to eat any of your food, like, maybe I can make – have my literal private yeah. chef 
there's got to be something. Some salad or like a rice, chicken, like whatever. Is there bread in the house? Like, is there anything? Yeah. I do think it's a little like rude or like shitty to be like, I'm not eating a single thing. But I guess they're also kids. Like they're 13 years old. Yeah. Kids do that. I totally like lost. Oh, yeah. So basically, Allie is like, well, what are we supposed to do? Order pizza? And Melanie is like, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. You've seen you've seen the Gimme Pizza song, right? I don't think I have. The Mary Kay and Ashley. Oh, my gosh. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Um, this was like from one of their like DVD specials. It's called Gimme Pizza. Gimme Pizza. And people like slowed it down and it became a meme like, I don't know, fucking 10 years ago. But it was like the high version. Okay, this looks familiar now. Yeah, there's one point because they're basically putting all this disgusting shit on pizza and one of the girls goes, whipped cream pouring like waterfalls and it's just pouring whipped cream (laughs) on the pizza. They put all types of like gross shit on there. But when they were like, what should we do? Order a pizza. And my brain went, give me pizza. Do, 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 (laughs) P-I-Z-Z-A. Oh, wow. If you know, you know. They do order the pizza right to the embassy. Yeah, he comes inside the house and everything. <laughs> yeah, that could be a bomb. Mm-hmm. It's an embassy, guys. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Cuts to Henri telling the Pizza Hut delivery man that nobody here would order this. And Allie comes downstairs to collect the pizza. And she's like, Henri, like, make sure to tip him. Yeah, the, the chef has to pay out of pocket for this pizza. <laughs> So the next morning, it's their first, you know, official day in Paris. Uh, Grandpa tells Jeremy that he is holding him responsible to look after the girls this week. They then run right past him and he's like, yep, got it under control. Cut to the girls having locked themselves in the car and are just like smushing their faces against the window and like absolutely <laughs> mocking Jeremy, licking the window. I'm like, this is disgusting. How old, ladies, how old are you? Come on. You you had everything sewed together. They're like, we're not kids anymore. Smush face on glass. Mm-hmm. So where do they go for their first visit on this itinerary? The Louvre, of course. So somehow they managed to park right outside. <laughs> sure. I will say when I was in France or Paris, I guess, whatever, when my friend was driving around – I was like, we're we about to die. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. And the car should not be able to go here. Like the parallel parking that I witnessed, where it's like an inch on either side of your car mm-hmm. is insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, as we're about to see, they apparently let children just drive around in the streets. So 
wouldn't be surprised. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> but the girls run out of the car. They run up to the museum, almost get ran over by some – I hesitate to call them motorcycles. They're like mopeds. Mm-hmm. They almost get hit by some mopeds. And, you know, a classic American, they're like, watch where you're going. And the bikes start circling them. And Jeremy – freaks out as would i if i saw like these two young girls being circled by these two dudes on bikes he's like get away he starts running immediately trips falls on his ass pretty crazy (laughs) yeah but it's not in fact grown men on these bikes it's little boys it's some 13 year old boys (laughs) they're babies yeah children um this seems illegal i'm pretty sure you this is not allowed even in france Right. Do you think the guys are 13? I thought they might be like 15 or 16. I don't think 16. I'm pretty sure that um, Ethan Peck, who plays Michelle, Mm -hmm. is the same age as the Olsen twins. But uh, the guy who plays Jean was like maybe two years older. So they were like 13 and 15. Gotcha. Which is like shockingly age appropriate. I feel like these movies always have like a way older guy playing the teen boy. Yeah. They actually do look like kids in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the boys get off their bikes and they apologize to them en français. The girls are smitten. Um, my note said, is that a young Ethan Peck? Yes, it is. Gregory Peck's grandson. Mm-hmm. And the boys hand them each a rose before they drive off. And as they drive away, they see the sign on the back of their flower basket that says, Le Fleur de la Chambre. So Jeremy then catches up with them, and they're like, wow, Jeremy, you're such a mess. You're really giving Americans a bad name. And they go into the museum. Wow, Jeremy, you're disgusting. I yeah, can't you're... believe my grandpa lets you have a job with him. You're fucking shit on my shoes, Jeremy. Get it together. Bye, disgusting, <laughs> ugly man. Bye. <laughs> like, it's, like, brutal. Yeah. The girls – this is important – The girls go on a tour at the Louvre, the Louvre, which they clearly were not allowed to film in. No. They have now replaced with clip art in the style of museum. (laughs) Like, I'm talking fly-in photo frames and, you know, faded pictures. Like, Mm -hmm. couldn't even get a soundstage in a freaking studio like go somewhere they had they had twenty dollars a green screen and a dream and this is what we got (laughs) i just can't believe that they did that yeah and it's like it's mary kate and ashley walking in place they're fully not moving they're like (sighs) it's really atrocious I wrote, I think my notes say, like, it's giving clip art. Mm -hmm. It's bad. It's bad. So they finally get done with the museum. They're pooped. It's a – the Louvre is a huge museum. Yeah. So they go to lunch. Jeremy is yammering on the phone while they're trying to order, and he just walks off. He's like, got to take this. So Allie is like, well, you know, I know French, so I'll order us drinks. Mm. And she's like, la poisson? Cut to the waiter bringing them a a fucking Branzino. Yeah. (laughs) And the girls are like, oh, we didn't order this. And the woman's like, and then this woman who's not at their table, it's like, 
Oh, girls, maybe I can help. See, you ordered poisson, but that means fish. Boisson is drink. <laughs> and she's like, two cokes, please. So the waitress finally takes away the fish. I'm like, bill them, number one. Yeah. They're, you know, grandfather is an ambassador. Yes. They're good for the money. Mm-hmm. The woman from the other table introduces herself as Brigitte. And Allie's like, oh my gosh, Brigitte, the supermodel, like you were on Très Chic. And the girls start gushing over her magazine spread. Brigitte is like, you know, I was just like you at your age. Is this your first time in Paris? And the girls are like, yeah. And she's like, oh, it's a a magical city full of adventure, romance, the world's best shopping, and the cutest boys. Ooh la la. (laughs) And I'm like, I miss Ratatouille. So they ask if she has a boyfriend, but she's like, oh, no, I'm too Too busy. busy. (laughs) And she's like, I just have to, like, rush off for a fitting because I'm doing this shoot at Jardin de Luxembourg on Thursday. And she tells Allie to be careful how she uses her French and just tells the girls to have freaking fun, ladies. Yeah, go crazy. <laughs> go crazy. Order the extra crepe. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremy finally comes back from what I can only assume is him doing hard drugs or getting a really <laughs> stiff drink to deal with them. And he's like, all right, time to see the rest of the museums. I also just want to point out, that supermodel Brigitte is wearing a cowboy hat in this scene. A pink cowboy hat. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a few inventions that happened in this film. <laughs> Number one, Casey Musgrave's pink cowboy hat came from mm. Passport to Paris. Yes. Number two, later on in the movie, the Olsen twins actually introduce burgers to the French elite. Yes. Because <laughs> no one's – Henri is like, oh, that's actually boof. Melanie. And he's like, oh. Oh, oui. (laughs) He's like, oh, never seen such a contraption. It's a new delicacy. Mm. And like, you've never seen a a tiny hamburger before? Never. It's called a slider. (laughs) It's called a slider. You've never been to an Applebee's? Never. No. And on top of that, they saved the French water supply. Yeah. You can thank them for that too. (laughs) So that night at dinner, Grandpa asks the girls what they learned today, and they start to speak, but they speak what at the same time. What an annoying question. Yeah. What did you learn today? And uh, they end up jinxing each other, so Allie can't talk until Melanie says her name. Jeremy, he's fucking fed <laughs> up. He's so fed up with these girls. <laughs> so. He, or I'm sorry, it's Melanie who gets jinxed, so he quickly is like, Melanie, to unjinx her. <laughs> Yeah, because Ali's like smelony, delony, felony. So he then returns to his convo with the ambassador and he's like, oh, ambassador, like, did you get a chance to read that paper that I read? Like, I think it would be a really good thing to bring up at the dinner party on Saturday. And grandfather's like, oh, that's no concern of yours. Don't even worry about it. And they're like, oh, what's happening on Saturday? And Grandpa explains that the embassy is hosting a gala banquet for the French foreign minister and his wife, and the girls get to go too. So, very exciting. Then Allie is like, oh, weird that you serve grape juice with dinner, and takes a sip, spits it out in Francois' face because it is wine. And I'm like, I'm surprised that they would serve 
because I'm not surprised that like a 13 year old yeah. be, would be served wine in France. That's like very normal. But for that to happen like at the American embassy is what surprises me. Is it legal for 13 year olds to drink? I don't know if it's legal, but I mean, in Europe, like usually kids, I'm not like young kids, but like, you know, maybe 11, 12, 13 will have like a glass of wine at dinner with huh. their family and stuff. I guess I feel it's like pretty young, like 13. I'm also just like, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like at the embassy mm-hmm. they would place like, yeah, I yeah, I was confused about that, but whatever. Also, isn't it like if you're on, if you're like inside of an embassy, then you abide by the oh, laws that of that country. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. It was a weird thing to put in. This movie mm-hmm. is oddly adult in certain mm-hmm. scenes. Yes, for sure. Later on. Allie is brushing her hair and she's like, I can't believe that grandpa had a cow over the wine issue. And I'm like, you spit on a grown man's face, like (laughs) the audacity. Mm -hmm. How brazen. Mm -hmm. Melanie's like, why can't our grandpa be like other grandpas who sit in a rocking chair and tell them how smart and funny they are? And I'm like, those grandpas have Alzheimer's. Oh, <laughs> aren't you happy your grandfather can work? He's in good health. He's he's sharp still. Yeah, count your blessings. Although the grandpa character does remind me of like a congressman who should obviously retire. Well, yeah, they even mentioned that later on where he's like, some people want me to retire, and I'm like, maybe we like, should. Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. But Ali's like, just face it. You know, we don't have a grandfather. We have an ambassador. And Melanie says that the best thing to happen to them since getting here was almost being run over by those two French boys. Mm. And Allie agrees. And Melanie's like, maybe we can see them again. And then she remembers the name of the flower shop, Le Fleur de Champ. Yeah, Le Fleur de Champ. So the next morning, Jeremy then waits for the twins in the foyer while they're getting ready to see... The boys. The boyes, if you will. Um, Les garçons. So the gate rings. They run down to see who it is. And it's the boys with a flower delivery. Very clever. Very clever. I got to hand it to them. So they officially meet these two boys. They introduce themselves as Michel and Jean. And... Jean does not speak, like, barely any English at all. Like, Mm -hmm. really... Super basic, not really a ton. And Ali is like, oh, between your English and my French, I don't think we'll ever have a fight about anything. How lovely. I know. To not fight with your boyfriend. (laughs) If anyone can experience that, please let me know about it. And then Mel suggests that maybe the boys come with them to lunch. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course. And then Jeremy comes out and they're like, hey, Jeremy, these boys are coming to lunch with us. And he's like, (laughs) hey, Jeremy, great to see you. (laughs) Keep the fuck up. They're coming to lunch. Drive. Get in the car. Let's go. (laughs) So, yeah, they head out and Jeremy wants to jump into the sun. He really does. They finally get to lunch and Michelle explains that. Jean's father owns the flower shop that they work for and that they're working for him during their spring break, which in no fucking world would their spring breaks line up. No, I don't even think they do that in France. They probably don't. I'm sure. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, so we make money on the side to buy instruments for our band, the video heads. Do we ever hear them play fucking note? Yeah, we do. They 
quickly put down their instruments. <laughs> we hear them for 0.5 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Ali is trying to talk to Jean, but the language barrier is practically unable to be overcome. Insurmountable. <laughs> yeah, insurmountable. And so he, she tries speaking to him in French. And I think that uh, she's like, you know, what books do you read? And he's like, what? What? A reading? <laughs> A reading? But Mel and Michelle actually have a splendid time, and they mm-hmm. talk about how they love music. Um, Jeremy excuses himself to use the restroom while everyone orders. Melanie tries to order the chicken with the sauce on the side, and the waiter is like, absolutely not. Like, the chef will not allow sauce on the side. Jean <laughs> explodes. <laughs> he stands up and, like, he's like, fuck you, fuck your mom, <laughs> fuck your whole family. Like, just it's ridiculous. No. He's like, you <laughs> are a flying buffoon. It's insane. That, for me, red flag. Yeah. I'm also like, you're a child. What are you doing? Yeah. It's a great judge of character Mm -hmm. to see when you go on like a first date out with someone, how they treat people who are like waiting on you, like bartenders and waiters and stuff. Because if they're being assholes, it's a huge red flag Mm -hmm. of how they treat people. Yeah. Huge. So if uh, you go out with somebody who screams at a waiter like this. I don't trust them. Just get your bag and go at that point. Leave. Get yeah. out right, right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he explodes. And for some reason, Ali is like, oh, my gosh, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Sweetie. The naivete. Michelle tells the girls that they aren't seeing the real Paris. um, But if they come with them, then they'll show them the real deal. Mm -hmm. So they leave. (laughs) They get out. Jeremy comes back in a panic. And the waiter hands him a note that says, meet you at the embassy at five. Leave a good tip. And he's just like, um... I'm about to be fired. Yeah. He rushes off as the girls ride off on the boys' motorbikes. Pretty terrifying that these young children have, you know, run off into a foreign city with strangers. No cell phones. Yeah. Nothing whatsoever. I think I would be like, I'm getting fired. Oh, I would think I'm going to jail. Like, the ambassador is <laughs> having me deported. Like, <laughs> so true. It's over. Poor Jeremy. But the girls having the time of their lives, riding around Paris, they take some pictures, they see the sights, they go to the Eiffel Tower, and I'm like, didn't the boys say they were going to show them the real Paris, and then they take them to (laughs) the most touristy spot in the world? Yeah. Also, the lawn in front of the Eiffel Tower, completely empty. Literally would never happen, ever. Maybe it was a green screen. Honestly, it probably was. It probably wasn't even a green screen. They were probably standing in front of, like, a picture. Yeah, yeah. But they then go for a little stroll, and Melanie tells Michelle that they've been to so many museums, she couldn't even tell Mona Lisa from Lisa Simpson. (laughs) And, you know, Michelle talks about how tourists always race through the Louvre just to see the Mona Lisa, and they don't appreciate anything else. And then they watch this street artist painting the view. And Michelle's like, yes, this is real art. It's not supposed to be realistic. It's about emotion. This is what art is all about. Meanwhile, Allie and John, they're getting some crepes. You know, 
Have a she's like, I snack. love crepes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I was so hungry. I don't even recognize any of the food that we get at the embassy. And he's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> no thoughts. Wee wee. Smooth brain. <laughs> at the end of the day, the girls thank the boys for showing them around. And they're like, oh, fuck. It's already 4.45. The one good thing we were going to do today, we're about to <laughs> fuck up. Yep. So the guys you know, let them ride on the back of their motorbikes. They whiz over to the embassy, just full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. On their way, they steal flowers from some guy on the street. Rude. I Yeah, I saw the two. I was like, what? And they finally make it back to the embassy just in time. Jeremy exhales for his life. Mm-hmm. And he tells them that he's been worried sick about them all day. And that his career would be done if anything happened to them. And he's like, I have to tell the ambassador. And the girls are like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm sure um, he'd love to hear how you let us run around town with two boys. Go ahead. Call him. Just straight call up him. No, man. really. Go. <laughs> like, it is insane. It is insane. The mental warfare. <laughs> yeah. You know what they also invented in this movie? Gaslighting. Mm-hmm. That they did. Poor Jeremy is fighting for his life out here. <laughs> so they all sit down for dinner, and Grandpa asks the girls again what they learned today. And Allie's like, well, actually, I learned that the Notre Dame has a support system called the Flying Buttress, and that the builders practically invented the Gothic style of architecture in the 12th century. And Mel's like, yeah, most of the kings of France were crowned or married there, and it took over 200 years to build. And Grandpa's like, oh my god, like, you really learned a lot. And they're like, yeah, it was all thanks to Jeremy. It's all thanks to Jeremy. And they're, like, pointing a gun at him under the table. (laughs) A quid pro quo, he might say. Oh, God. Yeah. That night, the girls fucking plot their next day. And they're like, hmm, I don't know how we're going to meet the boys because we can't keep dodging Jeremy. And Allie's like, I know. Let's create a diversion. So they hack into (laughs) the embassy. Like... (laughs) They hack into you know, the mainframe. Google Docs back then. You had to go onto a computer, like go onto the document. Yeah. They alter the schedule for tomorrow. They literally hack into the mainframe at the embassy and alter their schedule instead oh of um, the soccer. Cur- I don't know where they were going. They yeah. put the Jardin Luxembourg. On the schedule. I mean, if it were me, I would just literally like cross it out with lipstick and like write it down. Like I would not feel like, let me hack into the mainframe. I like get out my thing of whiteout. I'm like, you ever have a whiteout pen when you were younger? Absolutely. I had. I was like, I'm God. I just felt so powerful when I had it. Oh yeah, I had the pen. I also I loved like the liquid whiteout. Oh yeah, like a little like paint, like little sponge. Style. Yeah, a little like paintbrush. Yeah. I'm like I like do a makeup on. I'm like here are my whiteouts. Um, this actually has a doe foot applicator. <laughs> and then you get bored in class and you paint your nails with it. Classic. You're like, I'm at a salon now. Yeah. 
I saw this um, pen. Maybe it was in like a scholastic book fairy thing. It was a pen that was a pen on one side and had lip gloss on the other. Oh my God. And like a file on the like thing that you would put it on your notebook with. And I was like, I'm going to freak the (laughs) fuck out. Like, very exciting. Advancements of technology. I'll see if I can find that. I'll link it. Yeah. We'll put it on our story. But in the meantime, the next morning, Jeremy, you know, meets up with the girls at the car. He's like, you know, I really appreciate you making me look good in front of your grandfather last night, but that doesn't give you license to tick me off. And then he pulls out the itinerary and looks at the schedule and he was like, oh, I could have sworn we were going to the Sacre Coeur or wherever they were going. He's like, I guess we're going to Jardin du Luxembourg. So off they go. Attention podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. I'm Logan, the host of Mostly Superheroes, a weekly pursuit for the world's best stories with an emphasis on live action superhero stuff. Every week, join me, PC Mike, The Giggler, Scotty Scoop, and Carrie as we talk MCU, DCU, books, TV, movies, and more. MostlySuperheroes.com is where you want to be. Watch us on YouTube, listen where you get your podcast, and we'll see you Monday, Sunday on Patreon. Enjoy the rest of the show. At the Jardin, the girls talk with Jeremy. They're like arm in arm with him. They're totally like schmoozing oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Schmoozing and cruising. Yeah. They're like, isn't it a great day to be outside? My man is allergic to grass. Mm. He's struggling. He is sneezing. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, Brigitte is having some photo shoot at the Jardin. So the twins walk up. They're like, Jeremy, that's Brigitte, like our supermodel friend. We met her at the cafe. And he's like, okay, yeah, you girls know a supermodel. Meanwhile, immediately Brigitte sees them. She's like, oh, Ali, (laughs) Melanie, and comes over and gives them kisses. And he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, he's yeah. flustered. Mm-hmm. They introduce uh, Brigitte to Jeremy. She's very excited to meet him and tells him that um, international relations has always been an interest of hers. And she actually did her master's dissertation on the Middle East peace talks. Yep. <laughs> so I said, get your nut, Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, I had my first, like, my first place I was stationed was in, like, Saudi Arabia, blah, blah, blah. And these two are instantly in love. I'm also, like, Brigitte fully just stopped the the photo shoot dead in its tracks. Like, people are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, they're losing daylight here. And she's like, let me talk to these kids and this random man. And uh, the conversation keeps going. We have, like, a little bit of a time lapse. And, you know, he's telling her this like story about how he taught somebody the Macarena in Saudi Arabia. She's eating it up. The twins are shocked that she's so interested in him. So they're like, okay, time to initiate phase two of our plan. So they go up to him and they're like, Jeremy, don't you think we should go to the Pont Alexander at 2 p.m.? And he's like, there wouldn't happen to be two boys waiting at the other end of the bridge, would there? And Brigitte is like, oh, wow, two boys, my goodness. And the twins She's are like, like, you two work fast. Yeah. And I'm like, they're menaces. 
they are. And the twins are like, well, we can't just stand them up. Then what will they think of Americans? It's so rude. Jeremy, would my father like to hear that? <laughs> my grandfather want to hear that. I don't think my grandfather, the ambassador <laughs> to France, would be too pleased to hear about that. <laughs> so Brigitte is like, oh my God, yes. What type of diplomat are you, Jeremy? And he's like, all right, I guess we can go. So Bridget fully leaves this photo shoot. She's like, I have to have my lunch. Bye. <laughs> So the girls yeah. meet up with the boys. They stroll around on the bridge. It's actually like well supervised because Jeremy and Brigitte are there. Yes. And the girls are hanging out with the boys. Melanie talks to Michelle about how their grandpa doesn't have time for them. He just thinks that they're a nuisance. Meanwhile, Bridget and Jeremy are chatting and she's super into how passionate he is about his work. Mm. Allie is teaching Jean to say, that geek is a total freak show. Sure. <laughs> so they're lovely. Michelle tells Mel that his father is a butcher and all he talks about is meat. And he thinks that um, Michelle's music is a waste of time. And she's like, no, like if you love doing it, like you have to tell him that that's really important to you. Like don't stop doing that if it's something you love. And he's like, I told my father about it. And you know what he said? He was like, what's important is a nice filet mignon. I do love a good filet mignon. Gotta what say. a crazy <laughs> thing to say to your 13-year-old son. Yeah. Melanie is like, maybe it's the same in every country. Adults just don't understand kids. Meanwhile, Brigitte tells Jeremy that next year she's going back to grad school to get her PhD mm. in international relations. And he's like, you're very impressive. Jean, having a conversation of a much lower IQ, <laughs> tells uh, Ali that he really likes her and that Parisian girls are just all stuck up, but um, American girls are like very friendly and they're not stuck up. And she, he calls her funny and... It's like a really weird conversation. It's, it's yet another red flag from Jean because it's like, well, first of all, you yelled at a waiter. <sighs> Second of all, you're now insulting every single young lady in Paris mm -hmm. to give this girl a compliment. So He's strike like, two. French women walk like this. Mm, 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 mm. And uh, American women walk like this. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Lord. Uh, Allie really gets the shit end of the stick, I feel. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, Allie. <laughs> Brigitte and Jeremy spot Melanie and Michelle holding hands. <gasps> and she's like, oh, Paris is romantic at any age. The boys get on their bikes. They ride off. Brigitte and Jeremy agree to get dinner tomorrow night. <gasps> and the girls are like, yeah, you're welcome for your new supermodel girlfriend. I wonder how you'll ever repay us. The blackmail continues. He can't even do one thing right. <laughs> so as a little quid pro quo, in the dead of night... The girls meet up with Jeremy in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. What does he bring them? McDonald's. But <gasps> they are caught by Chef Henri. And he is literally about to faint upon seeing this McDonald's bag. And Mel is like, 
we're hungry. Like, have you ever even tried fast food? You should be more open-minded. And he's like, oh, true. you are the ones who should be more open-minded. Americans never want to try anything new. And she's like, all right, let's make a deal then. I'll try one of your dishes if you try ours. I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, I think so. Henri makes the meal for them. He makes quail eggs with artichoke. They give him the hamburger and fries. They count down. They're like three, two. And then she's like, wait, wait, wait. wait. It's a burger. You have to use your hands. Hamburger. So they count down. They try each other's dishes. And Ali is like, oh, okay. This is actually pretty good. And Henri is like, stuffing fries down his gullet. He's like, oh, you nasty trash fries. Nom, 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 nom. Nasty nom, 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 nom. It's really, like, treacherous. It's terrifying. Also, somehow, Henri has never had or even heard of ketchup before, which doesn't... He's like, catsup? Catsup? They've had McDonald's in France for years. Like, this is not... The dramaturgy on a high school play mm-hmm. is better than this movie. Absolutely. It's like kind of shocking to me that they actually even did film it in Paris, but they did. Yeah, (laughs) with all of the things that they didn't care to like Mm -hmm. do, why not just film it somewhere else? Yeah. So after this whole meal exchange, Jeremy takes the girls to go and get some shakes and they ask him why he always looks so miserable. Uh, Ouch. (laughs) And why stick around the embassy if you hate it so much? And he's like, I don't hate it. I'm just frustrated because I've worked here for three years, but the ambassador doesn't take me seriously and he doesn't want to promote me. And Melanie's like, oh my God, I totally know how you feel. This is just like when I wanted to see a PG-13 movie and my parents said no. Sure. That's the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly the same. And uh, he asks what she did. She's like, well, I acted really mature. And when that didn't work, I whined until they cracked. It tracks given, you know, the behavior of these young ladies. And Allie tells Jeremy that he's always like bossy and in control around them. But when he's around grandpa, he's a total chicken, you know, Maybe you should be like Melanie and have a big mouth. Damn. Yeah. But the girls actually, one thing I do appreciate about their relationship is that they kind of get into tiffs or she'll be like, oh, Melanie has a big mouth, but they don't fight. No. They do really seem like each other's best friends. Yeah. So the next day, grandpa hears the girls' music upstairs. But he also sees the maid dancing. Mm. Francois hands him his forms, but he looks kind of like giddy. And he's like, tell the girls to turn down the music. And he's like, yes, monsieur, whatever the fuck he says. (laughs) But he like walks away doing a jig. And then Henri comes over and he's like, breakfast is served. And you can see a pile of fries on his plate. And Edward is like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, eggs and pommes frites. <laughs> and grandpa is again shook. Meanwhile, the girls meet up with Jeremy in the morning and they're like, okay, what's on the itinerary today? And he's like, you know what? Hang on. I'm going to do, do some sound effects for you. He said, you know what? No itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Let me see if I can get one too. This is an ASMR podcast now. 
They're like, what are you? What are we doing today, Jeremy? Oh, what are we doing today? <laughs> you tell me, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He eats the the, the itinerary. It's gone. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a whole new lease on life. He's ready to be spontaneous. So he's like, what do you you want to do? Spontaneous. Spontaneous. (laughs) So he asks the girls what they want to do, and they're like, shopping. And he's like, oh, no, I don't do shopping. But who peeks out of the car? Miss Brigitte. And she's like, don't worry, girls. This is my area of expertise. So they get in the car. Don't worry, girls. I do not have a license. (laughs) Yeah, so they get in the car and off they go. Certainly. So the girls go shopping. They have a little shopping montage. And the weird thing about this montage is that they never go into any stores. It's so weird. I'm like, did they not get permission to film inside anywhere? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I'm also like, just film it in America then. Yeah. I wonder if they had a thing where they had to film. I mean, I guess they filmed the high school part in California. So yeah, I just don't get like, even say you're done filming and you edit it and you're like, hmm, something's still not right. Get some like footage later on, just like Mm -hmm. in a fucking mall. Like, I don't even know what to say. It's super weird that they Mm -hmm. did that. Yeah. But I do enjoy the, like, repartee. I was like, repertoire. (laughs) I like the relationship that Brigitte has with the girls. It's really sweet. And she loves fashion. They love fashion. And they look at all of these, like, scarves and, um, like, hats. And she buys this really cute pink jacket that I love. Mm -hmm. The girls are so, so stylish. Like, I feel like the Olsen twins have always been style icons. Yeah. The only thing I don't love is the hats that they all wear when they're walking down the street at the end. I'm like, this is like, (laughs) this looks like you pulled this out of a kid's dress up bin. I don't like the cow, like the black and white one. Mm. I don't like that one, but I like the other two. Yeah. Love a little shopping montage, even though weirdly they just like bring all the items outside the store to show (laughs) to the other girls before running back inside. So weird. And then they have like a little thing at the end where they walk down an alley and Brigitte is like showing them how to catwalk. And she's like, attitude, attitude, always attitude, attitude, attitude. She's attitude about two dozen times. Yeah. So later on, back at the embassy, Francois is showing grandpa the dinner menu and he approves it. And then he tells Francois to make sure that the girls are on time for dinner tonight He's like, oh, no, the girls are very tired. They wish to be excused from dinner tonight. Meanwhile, the girls are getting all dolled up. Mm -hmm. They sneak past Henri and meet the boys at the back of the house. Ooh. And they're like, okay, this is the true test to see if the boys can tell us apart. And if they can't, it wasn't meant to be. And the boys are walking up to them, and they are initially walking up to the wrong twin. Yeah. But at the very last second, they zigzag, and they go to the right twin. So they can tell them apart. Yay. Michelle then says that he's so glad they were able to sneak out, 
which of course is when Jeremy catches them because he's leaving for his date with Brigitte. And he's like, where do you think you're going? And they're like, oh, we were just going to get some tea for grandpa. What a thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) And Jeremy's like, okay, then I'll just call your grandfather and make sure he doesn't need anything else. And then, you know, finally they admit that the boys are taking them to dinner and they didn't ask his permission because they knew he would say no. And Jeremy calls the house and he's like, Francois? Tell the ambassador that I'm taking the girls out for ice cream. <gasps> oh, my oh gosh, my God, Jeremy. Jeremy. You big softie. Yeah. So he tells the boys that he wants the girls back somewhere. I can't remember where. Uh, insert French monument here. Yes. In three <laughs> to hours. To meet them at Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got three hours. So don't be late. The boys also say like, Oh, we're taking them to a secret place. Yeah. So Jeremy never even gets the fucking address. No. They're like, oh, it's a secret restaurant, our favorite restaurant. Mm -hmm. Get the address. At least do that. Give someone a cell phone. Like, (laughs) I'm begging you. (laughs) So they go to dinner. It's actually really cute. The boys take them up to the rooftop of some um, building, I guess, that they always go to and um, they have a table set for four where they have like eclairs and uh, guys, a lady. <laughs> well, maybe, but maybe yeah. ladies, a man <laughs> will never, never bring you up to a French rooftop mm-hmm. and have a full set table, not paper plates. Those mm-hmm. were ceramic ass plates yep. and a tray uh, a bevy of eclairs <laughs> and pastries waiting for you mm-hmm. never never once no they called it the jean-michel restaurant <laughs> le restaurant jean-michel it's really pretty yeah meanwhile brigitte and jeremy are on their date uh, this is the relationship that i was most invested in throughout this whole movie by far sam they're going for a little walk, and for some reason, my man Jeremy is talking about his ex-girlfriend. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that on a first date. Like, obviously, you're dating someone for a while. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to eventually have, you know, a talk about your exes, of course. People but say, like, hook date? up on the third date. I say, don't mention your ex until the mm-hmm. third date. And if only if it comes up naturally. Exactly. Exactly. So he's telling her this whole story about how they were together for three years and he like buried himself in work and he doesn't know if he was afraid of commitment or she just wasn't the one, but she got fed up and ran off with a guy she met at Club Med. (laughs) That's so crazy. Uh, Yeah. So Brigitte is like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) He's like... (laughs) I'm sorry, I have an early shoot in the morning. I have to oh, go. Oh, I totally forgot I have a fitting. I must go. <laughs> Bye-bye, Jeremy. <laughs> but- I don't have time for this. I don't have time for you. <laughs> I do- I can't do it. I haven't even seen the show. I already wired you the money. It's not my fault there's a problem with the bank. It's coming from the bank. Yeah. It's an issue with the bank. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. 
Yeah, he asked Brigitte about her dating life, and then she's like, well, I was engaged to a Grand Prix driver, and I'm like, Lewis Hamilton? Like, who are you engaged to? Tell me more. And she says that he was traveling everywhere, and then one day she saw a tabloid picture of the two of them together, and it said that they were the most romantic couple in the world, but they never spent more than three days together. I'm like, in the world, how famous was he? Maybe you should have stayed together. Instead, you're with this clown? Power couple. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, she talks about how neither of them wanted to compromise their careers, so it ended. But if the relationship is right, both people will want to make it work. Then they spot a little ice cream cart, like a little gelato, I assume, And he's like, oh, should we get one? And she's like, yeah, I love chocolate, chocolat. And he's like, oh, I like vanilla. Of course he does. And she's like, well, I really want chocolat. So he's like, okay, one chocolat to share. You know what this reminds me of? When Rory and Dean and Max Medina and Mm. Lorelai go on their double date. Yes, the Rocky Road ice cream. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He's like, does she know your favorite ice cream flavor? And he's like, yeah. Why? He's like, well, I hope you like ice cream, buddy, because you're going to fucking get one every goddamn time they get ice cream. Yeah. Max was never the one, but I no. wanted him to be. He was he was such a sweetie. I did love Max. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite ice cream flavor? I don't even know. You know, I haven't had ice cream in a really long time. I don't know if I have a true favorite, I guess. I like to just get whatever is seasonal at Van Leeuwen. Mm. But I would say chocolate. Like, if we're just talking about regular flavors. Yeah. Rocky Road is really nice, too. I like nuts. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Uh, I'm a mint chocolate chip girl. Nice. Very classy. Yes. Yeah. Not everybody likes it. Um, Mm -mm, And those people. It's for a really refined palate. (laughs) Those people are just wrong. But, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? Not everyone can be smart. What are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Not everyone can be me, so. <laughs> um, so at dinner, Amel tells Michelle that the view is breathtaking, and he invites her to a dance that his band is playing at, and um, Ali's also asked by Jean. Mel tells Michelle that when she was a kid, she thought being at Disneyland was just the best thing to ever happen to her. They were like nine years old. She remembers it being the best day of her life, but she was wrong. And she looks around at like the Eiffel Tower and the sights and it's just, you know, smitten with Paris. And I'm mm. like, literally same. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jean wipes chocolate off of Allie's nose. They are about to kiss when a cop shows up and shines a flashlight in their face and he's like, the roof is off limits. But he says this in French, like only Jean and Michel know. They're like, this is a, a free rooftop. Like, I'm, we're not trespassing, blah, blah, blah. He takes a cover that I can only assume the boys put there before. Oh, yeah. It's literally a jacket. Okay. <laughs> someone hung their jacket there. Yeah. And it says like, no trespassing. And 
Sean is like, no trespassing. Violators will be executed. And the girls are like, <gasps> and Michelle's like, he means prosecuted. Okay. And they're like, I don't know which is worse. <laughs> so when the girls don't show up to meet Jeremy and Brigitte, he is forced to call the ambassador. Yikes. They go to the embassy. Brigitte tags along. I'm like, this is only a first date. You're you're really in it at this point. She's like, I am international supermodel, Brigitte. I must be there to support my man. Um, so my man. <laughs> the ambassador is, you know, reaming Jeremy out. He apologizes. And uh, when Brigitte and Jeremy go outside, he's like, how could I be so stupid? And she's like, it wasn't stupid. It was romantic and sweet. And she assures him that the girls are fine and says, it's women's intuition. Sure. Then, perfect timing, the police car shows up to drop off the girls. And I'm like, why didn't the cops call the embassy to let them know? Like, hey, we have your granddaughters. They're safe. Minors. But alas. Melanie is like, uh, we got a ride. Um, are we in trouble? Yeah. And then we cut to Grandpa reprimanding them. But Jeremy steps in and he's like, you know what? Your granddaughters don't deserve this. They're terrific kids who came to Paris to have fun. Aww. They met two boys who showed them the Paris you once knew and loved. And they're smart and they're fun and full of life. And he would know that if he took the time to get to know them. And I'm like, mm -hmm. pop off, Jeremy. Oh, my God. You go off, Chair Bear. Mm-hmm. And Grandfather is like, uh, you're real close to insubordination, buddy. And Jeremy's like, well, you know what? I'm about to get even closer. That paper that I gave you. <laughs> and he hits him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shoots him point blank. <laughs> yeah. Remember that gun we saw at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> That gun that Allie threw in her suitcase at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy brings up his paper. It would have been really cool. And I'm not saying this isn't like, oh, this is a cool thing to do. But if there was a bomb threat at this moment, <laughs> I do feel like it would make the movie like have a big, a bit higher stakes. It would be more interesting. Just any stakes at all. <laughs> really. I'm asking for one filet mignon here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just one. But yeah, Jeremy brings up his paper on the water negotiation. He's like, I gave that to you a week ago, and you have yet to read it. I have something to offer, but this contribution of mine falls on deaf ears. I quit. And I said, go off, Jeremy. Jeremy. My God. So the girls freak out, and they're like, oh my God, this is all our fault. And he's like, no, thank you. You gave me the courage to stand up for myself and do something I should have done months ago. Come on, Brigitte, let's go. I'm taking my supermodel girlfriend. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. And they blow I'm that like, popsicle stand. I think you live here, Jeremy. Like, where are you going? You got to pick up your stuff. <laughs> Jeremy, you're homeless right now. He's like, Brigitte, can I sleep at your place, please? We don't have to do anything. I just need like a fucking place to sleep. <laughs> She's like, I live in an apartment with eight other supermodels. Uh, there's not a ton of room. Oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, Grandpa forbids the girls from seeing those boys ever again. End of discussion. He said period. Mm -hmm. So 
that night, the girls aren't in bed when they hear these sounds. I'm like, is it rats? So that's what I would think, but they don't live in New York. So <laughs> they go to the window and it's rocks being thrown out their oh window, my God. which is something I've always wanted. I wonder if Phil – actually, let me ask Phil. Phil. That's okay. I was just wondering, have you ever thrown, like, rocks at my window at my parents' house? No, it breaks. I don't want to break the window. There's not even a light enough rock. You need, like, a pebble. Where's okay, your sense you of romance, Phil? I, I just text you. Huh? I, I'm not trying to, like, sneak in. I just text no, you. No, I guess so. You have a ringing doorbell that alerts your parents directly. <laughs> their direct line that I'm there. It's hard for me. I think the worst present we ever got my parents is the ring doorbell. <laughs> Can't get a fucking moment of peace. <laughs> can't can't ever kiss my boyfriend in his car again because we got a ring doorbell. I'm next time I'm there. I'm gonna make Phil go outside and throw rocks at your apartment I think window. My parents would actually be like so mad. One time he put the uh, we we're making drinks or something. He put the glass into the freezer, and I guess that mm. just come out of the dishwasher, so it was still oh, like warm. Yeah, and my mom was like. Don't do that. <laughs> and his life flashed before his eyes. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like super cute that they're throwing pebbles at their window. Yeah, and they have to tell the boys that they can't go to the dance with them anymore. And the boys are very like, I. They have some like gumption. Like I really like them. very Romeo esque. You know. Yes. Yes. Because they're like. Either we go to the dance with Melanie and Ali, or we go with no one. Melanie, <laughs> Ali. And they're like freaking out. And meanwhile, their grandfather is in his office. He's hearing everything. He's like giggling yeah. to himself. He's like having a little schoolgirl moment. Eating it up. <laughs> Just literally eating up the tea. He's like, what's the hot goss, ladies? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm sorry, like, it's not just a dance. We can't see you ever again. <laughs> like, bye forever. <laughs> and this guard, I guess, hears them and, like, they hear someone about to, like, walk over. And so the girls are like, just leave, you know, go before you get into any more trouble. And they blow the girls' kisses and walk away. The security at this embassy is so lax. Yeah, they're like, how did you get in here? And they're like, oh, the guards are chill. Yeah, there's great guys. We smoked cigarettes <laughs> together. They're just like, hey, King, uh, can we go in for a minute? Hey, King, are those new shoes? Love. Let me get in there really quick. <laughs> so the next day, everybody is getting ready for this huge dinner with the French foreign minister we see Grandpa Edward strolling through the house with some boxes with giant bows on them. Mm. Meanwhile, upstairs, the girls are actually reading Jeremy's water proposal. And they're like, wow, who knew he was so smart? And that's when Grandpa comes in, so they quickly hide it. He sits on the bed and he apologizes to them and says that while what they did was wrong, he should have spent more time with them this week. And then he tells them a story about how he met their grandmother here in Paris because he was stationed here in World War II. And I'm like, how old are you? Wouldn't you be way older? 
When did World War II end? 45. This movie came out in 1999. Let me do the math. Let's say he had his daughter at like, we'll say he had like a really young 21, 22. Well, I'm just going off of the fact that the war ended in 45. So let's just say that when the war ended, he was 19 or 18 even. If he was 18 when the or I'll say 19. If he was 19 when the war ended, he'd be 73 right now. Like in 99. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like reasonable. I looked it up and this actor, because I wanted to see if he was still alive. He is still alive, at least as far mm-hmm. as IMDb says. But it said that he was born in 1937. <laughs> so he would have been a child when the war when the war ended. So they just aged this actor up. I think they were just like He's old. It's fine. But anyways, he met their grandmother. She was a nurse. He was a soldier. And, you know, he was kind of worried as the war ended because he knew he was going to have to go back to America. So he took her like on this little boat trip down the Seine and she thought that he was saying goodbye, but really he was proposing and they you know, lived together for 40 years. So the girls are like shocked by the story because they've never heard it before. And he's like, well, I guess we just haven't done that much talking. Then he gives them their presents. Finally, it is matching dresses for them to wear to the dinner tonight. The biggest boxes in the world for just the smallest dresses. With giant party city bows on top. Yes. And he's like, you know, since this is our last night together, I want to make up for some lost time. And before he leaves, the girls ask why tonight's dinner is so important to him. And he's like, well, there's a lot of people out there that want me to retire. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) maybe I'm like, you're giving big like George W. Bush vibes. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, don't you want to? don't you want to retire? And he's like, oh, but what else would I do? Besides, I still got a lot of fight left in me. And I'm like, maybe you should retire. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe if everyone wants you to. And they're like, oh. Like, maybe they're onto something. (laughs) I think so. So the French foreign minister does arrive. And Allie and Melanie come downstairs for the state dinner. They look very cute and very poised. And they say hello to Monsieur de Beauvoir and Madame de Beauvoir. And Allie is suddenly (laughs) fluent in French. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I love Paris. It's so beautiful. And uh, Monsieur de Beauvoir is like, where did she learn to speak French like that? Surely not one of those American schools. <laughs> and you can tell that Grandpa Edward is like about to get his fucking shotgun. He's like, I mm-hmm. love gun rights. Never, <laughs> ever say that about my country. Um, and then Francois brings over the hors d'oeuvres. They're literally sliders. Yeah. <laughs> and Dick like, oh, is like, what is this? Yeah. A hamburger? And he's like, Oh, no, this is uh, my new delicacy. It's both Melanie. <laughs> and I'm like, this is when Remy fucking Remy the rat. got 
lightning electrocuted, <laughs> cooked a mushroom, put a dewdrop and a piece of cheese on it. Okay? It's mm-hmm. his newest delicacy. Precisely. Exactement. <laughs> Tell me this does not remind you of that scene. Mm-hmm. You're fucking playing with me. Yeah. Um, well, I love this note. He loves them. Mary Kate and Ashley brought the hamburger to France. <laughs> Phil said that line. Shout out to Phil. Um, yeah. But yeah, Grandpa is, you know, doing his best to schmooze and booze for the approval of the Clean Water Treaty. Suddenly, once again, Allie, perfect French, she plays interpreter <laughs> to Melanie. <laughs> Crazy. About... How, you know, the minister does not want to sign the treaty. So, like, we got to help Grandpa. There's only one thing to do. So they call over poor Francois, and they whisper into his ear. And Francois comes back in with a pitcher of water and refills the minister's drink. It's literally nasty brown mud water. It looks like chocolate milk. They probably use chocolate milk as the prop. It probably is, like, watered-down chocolate milk, honestly. And he's about to, you know, drink it when (laughs) he... The funny thing about this, though, is, like, the girls are, like, to Francois, they're, like, whisper, whisper, like, you know, get a pitcher of tap water. Mm -hmm. Francois comes in with, like, a a silver pitcher and Mm -hmm. pours it. And you see the girls' faces as he pours it. And they're, like, oh, fuck, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I think we're going to poison him. Like... they're like yeah holy like it reminds me of like a cut scene where it's like yeah and they're like literally it's it's so gross it's so cloudy and brown and he spits it out because he somehow takes a sip of it spits it out he's like what is the meaning of this and edward's like Who's responsible for this? And the twins are like, we are. (laughs) (laughs) They stand up and begin this grand speech. Melanie talks about how France has always been on the cutting edge of water technology and talks about the fucking like aqueducts that Napoleon built and how French people used to like play and dance and bathe in like the sewer water because they were so proud of how clean their water was but not anymore i'm like okay yeah and they're like is this the kind of world you want to live in is this the kind of water you want to drink the girls accidentally jinx themselves and luckily grandpa unjinxes them immediately so they ask the guests what cost is too high when your health and your place in history are at stake The minister is like, Edward, your granddaughter is more persuasive than you are. And cheers to their spirit and passion and has magically reconsidered to sign the, to like petition his government to sign the bill. Mel and Allie have (laughs) single-handedly saved the tap water in France. Mm -hmm. Single-handedly saved the French water supply. So everyone claps, everyone cheers. It's a victory. After the dinner, you know, the minister thanks them, heads off, and the girls start heading back upstairs to go and, you know, continue packing since they leave tomorrow. And he's like, where are you two going? 
I was under the impression that you two had a dance to go to. And they're like, oh my God, grandpa. And he's like, I'll drive. And by I'll drive, he means I'll sit in the back of the car with you while my driver drives us. (laughs) (laughs) He means the limo's outside. I will Mm -hmm. never be in the driver's seat. Never a day in my life. And so they drive through the streets of Paris, sticking their heads out the sunroof, waving to everyone. They're like, bonjour, bonsoir, bonsoir to all the people of Paris. Bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> the girls finally show up to the dance and Jean and Michelle cannot put their instruments down quickly enough. <laughs> they ditch their band mm-hmm. and go talk to the girls for some reason, Brigitte and Jeremy are there. <laughs> At this children's dance. I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. Um, Brigitte tells them that Jeremy has a new job as a senior policy advisor to the ambassador. That's right. He got rehired mm. and promoted. Whoa. Wow. The guys walk over and they ask Mel and Allie to dance. Michelle says that he doesn't know when he'll see Melanie again. And Melanie's like, well, when the video heads get famous, maybe they'll tour in L.A. And I'm like, that's a pretty, like, amicable, we're never going to talk again. Yeah. This is the end for us. <laughs> yeah. Allie, on the other hand, tells Jean that she'll email him every day. And he's like, I'll email you twice a day. And she's like, okay, three times a day, final offer. And he's like, I'm going to miss you, funny girl. And they kiss. And I do think that's sweet. Yeah, that was cute. Michelle's like, I wish you didn't have to leave tomorrow. Oh, but he kisses her too. I must have been typing. (laughs) I must have been typing because I did not see that kiss. Yeah. They have a quick peck. And this was both of the Olsen twins' first ever on-screen kiss. Aw, very sweet. Cut to Brigitte, the real romance I'm invested in. Yes. She's like, ugh. I remember like being young and in love and Jeremy puts his big boy pants on. I just kissed my mic. Jeremy puts <laughs> his big boy pants on and kisses her. Well, cause he's, he also says, but I am or something like that. Whoa. She's like, Oh, to be young in love. And he's like, I think I am. Something. I was like, Oh my God, Jeremy. Very forward. Yeah. So I watched, I rented this on YouTube. So I was like, I will watch to the very end of this film because there's a bunch of bloopers and stuff. Um, and the very last thing that you see in this movie mm-hmm. is a blooper of, you know, this kiss happening. And Brigitte is like going for it. And Jeremy pulls away and he's like, kids movie. This is a kids movie. And I was like, oh my God, I want to spin off about them. He's like, I have a boner. I have to go to my trailer. <laughs> he's like, I am extremely turned on. I need to leave the premises. There are children everywhere. I got to go. I need to take a very cold shower right now. <laughs> right now. So yeah, th- this little this little thruple, everybody gets their kiss, they get their slow dance, and then the next day the girls are leaving. They're heading out for their mm-hmm. flight, and they say goodbye to all the staff members at the embassy. Henri gives them each like some little doggy bags with quiche for their flight, and uh, he's like, "You must tell the flight attendants that the quiche must be served at 114 degrees Celsius." You're kidding me. <laughs> you simply can't do that. Yeah. Um, 
Francois comes over and he's like, I will miss your food projectiles and hugs them. Jeremy is like, well, I guess we better get going. But Grandpa comes out and he's like, no, no, I'm taking the girls to the airport. So outside, Jeremy, the little mush, gets all emotional saying goodbye to the girls. And they're like, oh, you're not going to get all mushy on us, are you? And he's like, thank you for everything. And he's like, come here, brings them in for a hug. And they tell him that they'll miss him. And Brigitte says goodbye to the girls. And she's like, we'll see you in the States. Very sweet. Everyone gets in the car to the airport and their grandpa says that he is proud of them and reminds them – I'm okay, I'm confused about this. They get in the car and say goodbye and what's the segue between him saying that he's proud of them and being like, we have a plane to catch? There is none. He just says it. <laughs> he's like, we have a plane to catch and they're like, we? we? And he's like, yeah, I'm taking a vacation so I can finally spend some time with my family. Whoa. And then he jinxes them. I don't even remember what they all say. No, no idea. He jinxes them and he's like, ah, it's going to be a long, quiet flight. Like, LOL. And they drive through Paris. Melanie has a narration where she talks about how they came home with some great memories. Cue the montage. And she says, we were only gone for a week, but we changed for a lifetime. They're coming back the most annoying girls in the eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, – I see you have whole wheat. Do you have any bad guts? Do you have any brioche? Um, oh, my gosh. You know what I really want? Um, a pan au chocolat. Oh, I'm sorry. As you Americans say, a chocolate croissant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. In France, um, they wear lipstick, not lip gloss. Yeah, take notes. (laughs) But back in L.A., the girls are doing dishes, and they are once again on their Britney Mike headphones, gushing all about their trip, mostly about the boys. And they're like, okay, well, not everything changed. But hey, Rome wasn't built in a day. Then we cut to the girls reading all about Rome and all these places that they want to go. And that is when... White boys of the month, Sean and Kyle, ride up, and they're like, hey, ladies, do you want to go get some Froyo at the mall? And they're like, no, thanks. We have other stuff to do. I think they say, like, we have homework. Yeah, something like that. And they walk off, and they're like, this is the beginning of a beautiful adventure. And that's Passport to Paris. There was a movie we were talking about recently where we were like, there's like an ounce of tension and it's immediately broken. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe now you see it. Yeah, I think so. This is like there's no tension, so it can't yeah. even be broken. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not really much of a plot. Um, the only through line is this whole water treaty. It's like a vlog. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It's like if you watched um, seven TikTok vlogs of like, Day in my life visiting Paris. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you're seeing, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's no plot. It's all vibes. Uh, no stakes. No conflict, really, at all. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's nothing. You turn it on. It's a blank screen. And it's done. <laughs> no, I mean, I did appreciate the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. I think that Mary-Kate and Ashley are iconic. 
Yes. Um, I think their fashion is iconic. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I'm eager to watch this movie again. I think I'd be more inclined to watch one of the ones like Billboard Dad or like fucking – I mean, New York Minute is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't like a strong one for me. Yeah, this definitely ranks um, the lowest in the other Olsen movies that we've done because we've done New York Minute and It mm-hmm. Takes Two. For me, it goes – It Takes Two, number one. That is like my favorite Mary Kay Ashley movie. Oh, that's the one that they did when they were really young. Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and then New York Minute and then this movie. Mm-hmm. So once we get through all of them, we can do like a definitive ranking Ooh. of all of them. But yeah, it's – there's not like a lot to this movie. It is, you know, enjoyable to look at. The clip art is pretty wild. Um, that part was crazy funny to me. Yeah, and there are some some fun little like quips in there, some witty little jokes. I don't really know like what I was supposed to walk away with at the end of this movie. Like, I guess clean water is important. Clean water is important. Grandparents should spend time with their children. Don't invest too much time in your job and forget to yeah. cultivate your relationships. Yes. If you're if you're Jeremy, like make sure you stand up for yourself. If you're not being like if your work isn't being appreciated. I guess um, the overall theme that I would glean is that, you know, get out and travel. Try new things. Expand your worldview, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, shall we rate this bad boy? Yeah. Gosh, this is a hard one. Because it's not like it was actively bad, but it just wasn't actively good. Exactly. Uh, Maybe like a five. Yeah, a five. I would even do a four, honestly. The only thing that's keeping me from pushing it to a four is like when I think about the really bad movies. It doesn't feel like that, yeah. Yeah. This movie is so neutral. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, some of the highlights for me are, like, Mm. the Brigitte and Jeremy romp. I would say the, like, witticisms that the sisters Mm. have. Like, there's some really quippy, witty lines in there. But, yeah. Yeah. Give us some stakes, you know, something to grab onto. But if you would like to watch it and you're in Canada, you can rent it on YouTube. That's where I watched it. I watched it on Amazon. I think they have pretty much like the whole shipping on Amazon. Jealous. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm glad that we did get to cover another Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. This was very highly Mm -hmm. requested. Um, Oui, oui. Very fun. But I can't believe we only have one more episode to go of April, our final highly requested film. And this is, I think our currently like most requested film the one we're gonna do next week Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so get excited guys it's gonna be a good one yes and if you want some more content before that episode drops you know where to go you can go to our instagram at movies that raised us you can check out our um twitter at mtru underscore pod yes you can also find us on tiktok at movies that raised us pod and you can send us a good old-fashioned email at movies that raised us at gmail.com and we'll see you next week for another movie i'm mo and i'm christina and our theme song is by garrett schmidt Bye. bye